Hello and welcome to Spectacular Slovakia, the travel podcast in which we talk about all things Slovak, from folklore to food and everything in between. My name is Anna Faye, and today I am joined by Britain Graham Strout, whose journey to Bratislava has been unconventional to say the least. While most of our travelers rely on planes, trains, and buses to travel across Europe, Graham rode his bike, ending up in Bratislava, a place he now calls home. Actually, I should say I had an accident on the way here, just leaving uh, Budapest. I ended up uh, in a hospital with stitches after crashing the bike on a, on a busy road. Today, he's going to tell us all about his epic adventure, so sit back and enjoy the ride. Hi, Graham. Hi, Anna. Thanks for having me on. Yes, well, thanks for coming. Um, how did you first decide cycling across Europe was something you wanted to do? Yeah, well, it goes back a long time. I mean, um, I've always been a keen cyclist uh, ever since I was a kid. And uh, I uh, actually worked as a cycle courier in London many years ago. Oh, cool. uh, but before I came here, I, I was working in, I was living in West Cork in Ireland a rather remote place uh, in many ways, a very beautiful place. So uh, hello to all my friends there if they're listening. Um, but uh, I had uh, basically been working as a gardener and uh, teaching horticulture for many years. And uh, I suppose perhaps I hit a midlife crisis. You know, <laughs> I decided it was time for a change for whatever reason. And um, I was very keen to go traveling, but not in, you know, perhaps a more conventional way. But I'd started reading many uh, accounts, books of people who'd cycled around the world. And uh, this is what really set me off on the idea. So um, when I finally decided that I would leave Ireland, um, this was one of the things I wanted to do. Well, that's cool. And of course, cycling across Europe, it sounds amazing. But especially for me, I'm not a cyclist. It sounds a bit daunting as well. So how does one prepare for such an epic journey? Yeah, well, I suppose the the main thing is you have to love cycling because you're going to spend a few hours each day in the saddle. Um, I think uh, I had already done a few shorter trips. So I had cycled uh, across Ireland and around Scotland before. And then another year I'd cycled across France. So I had a bit of experience. Uh, but the first thing I did was to buy a new bike. So quite a lot of time, you know, choosing exactly the right one and getting the right bags and gear. Of course, what you carry is critical. You can't carry very much. <laughs> so like hikers as well, you know, you spend a lot of time trying to get the weight down, choosing exactly what stuff to take. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, apart from that, once you've packed your bags, if you're basically able to cycle, say, 80 to 100 kilometers in a day, then all you have to do is keep doing that and you will eventually <laughs> cross the whole continent. Yeah. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> um, okay, so basically you started by taking a ferry from England to Spain, as I understand it. Uh, and then somehow you ended up in Bratislava, which you were not expecting. How did you end up in a city that you had barely heard of before arriving? Yeah, well, it was a sort of open-ended trip when I left because I was uh, planning to start a new life. Actually, when I left, I still had uh, some other possibilities of um, taking a PhD. But um, I had already booked a, um, a teaching English course in Barcelona. So that was my first stop. And after a couple of months of cycling around Spain and Portugal, I, I ended up there in Barcelona, did my teacher training. And then I started looking for, for work as an English teacher somewhere in Europe. Um, 
I was, uh, you know, happy to consider other places, but I got an interesting offer from Bratislava. It just sounded kind of interesting. So, uh, and I was keen to uh, to spend the rest of the summer cycling as well. So I uh, went over the Pyrenees and um, then I, I got this offer and I looked it up on the map and figured out a route and decided, well, actually I have, you know, there's five or six weeks until work begins. I, I can just keep cycling. I'll, I'll cycle the whole way there. Why not? Yeah, why not? Uh, so that's interesting. You just had a, a map with you instead of like, you know, a GPS or something. And then you sort of charted your course using no. that? No, it was uh, with GPS. So, okay, I was going to say, like, <laughs> did you ever get lost? <laughs> yes, <laughs> even with the GPS. Yeah, that can right. happen. Um, but the, the, the difficulty is actually finding a route suitable for the bike. Mm-hmm. And I used an application called Komoot, which is great. It will find you uh, cycling routes if there is one. But sometimes you can end up too much off the beaten path and, you know, climbing up a steep hill without any track or through a forest where the track suddenly disappears. And you can actually get lost even with a GPS. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so I guess there's no such thing as a typical day when you have chosen to cycle across Europe. But what did a typical day during your trip look like? Well, I was camping a lot of the time, uh, just staying in campsites. And, you know, countries like Spain and France, uh, Italy uh, are well equipped. You know, they've got campsites uh, quite quite frequently through the through the countryside. So you can literally plan your route with a GPS, looking at how far you think you might go, taking into consideration mountains and so on, <laughs> and uh, aim for a, a campsite or a cheap pension or something like that, and just head off, head off that way. And then you'll be stopping on the way and having coffees and drinks and something to eat, maybe looking for shade as well, because it was really hot in the summer. And that's, uh, that's one of the main challenges, actually, is, uh, you know, just surviving the heat. Um, and that's it, you know, yeah, you literally, if you have a GPS, it is easy, because you have just turn by turn directions on the bike. Um, you know, the main hazard really is ending up on a busy road. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That can happen. So you have to try and really avoid that at all costs. But otherwise, you just keep pedaling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how many kilometers per day would you usually aim to, you know, cover? I probably averaged about 60 to 80. I mean, mm-hmm. I think my biggest day was in Spain. I did 130. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, But more typically, uh, a bit less than that. Yeah. So 60, 80 is enough, you know, but some people will do, you know, there are around the world cyclists who do twice that in a day or three times that even in every day. And then they get up and do it again. That's not for me. You know, uh, this is young man's game, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and so was there ever a night, I imagine you had a tent uh, hitched on with you, and you always would, you know, try and find a campsite. Was there ever a night where that didn't work out, and you sort of were like a bit stuck, or just you had a place to sleep every night? (laughs) Yeah, there was a time. um, There was one route I took in Spain, and I kind of got a bit lost. This is where I was following a uh, a route and it was recommended and it turned out to be really impossible to cycle and it was <laughs> through the mountains in the uh, Picos de Europa a real real highlight of the trip actually a fabulous small mountain range in northern Spain and uh, I ended up pushing the bike uh, most of the afternoon absolutely exhausting and there was no way I was going to make my my uh, destination 
So I ended up in this abandoned village in the mountains, and I just had to, had to put the tent up there. Wow. So okay. um, you know that kind of could happen. Yeah, you've got to be prepared for that if you if you don't know exactly where you're going. And were the locals wondering why a <laughs> a British man with everything on a bike was staying there? Or well, I don't think they saw me. Hopefully, I, I don't <laughs> think they did because you know it was actually an abandoned village. Right. There's okay. Nobody so you didn't there. see anyone there. Okay. Uh, although I had a strange experience uh, in my tent that night. I mean, I was very sure there was nobody anywhere near me at all it was way up in the mountains and then I heard voices speaking oh. like uh, so not not that far away from the tent they were just people talking you know in the night I had no <laughs> idea who it could have been and I did sort of freeze uh, momentarily but uh, I don't think they would have minded there was nobody else up there right. just some old oh, sheep wow. and cows you know yeah and um, I imagine you probably met some interesting people along the way during your travels. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I met other cyclists from time to time. I mm-hmm. uh, uh, met a couple of other cyclists from Australia, actually, for example, in, in Slovenia. Oh, wow. And we cycled around for a couple of days together. And, you know, we're still in touch occasionally. So um, absolutely, you know, you meet other travelers. And then I'm perhaps the most sociable part of the trip was I actually followed the very famous Camino de Santiago uh, oh, in Spain. Okay. Um, most people walk it, you know, it's a <laughs> walking pilgrimage, but you can actually do it by bike. Quite a lot of people cycle it as well. And so that was across uh, northern Spain uh, to, to Portugal. And you meet people every day then, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, you meet a lot of interesting travelers. Yeah, that's awesome. And so as I understand it, you were in France when you got the offer to teach in Bratislava, that's right. teach English. Um, describe your route from France to Bratislava. So from uh, so you head across uh, southern France, uh, not all on the coast, but um, a good part of it is right on the sea. Uh, across the, uh, the 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 southern the Midi as it's called the so- south of France, uh, so often in view of the Mediterranean, um, around uh, Nice and uh, I think I skirted up and round um, uh, Monaco, okay. and then and then into Italy, and then uh, the the trip across Italy was uh, mainly following the River Po, mm-hmm. and there's a cycle path a bit like the Hradza across uh, down the Danube here it's like a you know an embankment along the river and um, then I skirted up from the south to Venice so that was a very nice part of the trip but uh, if, if anybody's going to Venice by bike you should really try this way it's uh, much really? better okay. than the regular route because you can island hop through the islands uh, there's long sort of uh, long narrow islands one of them's called Lido I forget the name of the other one and you can take little ferries and it's pretty quiet and you know um, there's a campsite at the end and then you can just take a water taxi in in the evening or any time to visit the city to visit Venice yeah it sounds like heaven actually <laughs> so that was a really great uh, uh, part of the trip and uh, you know a bit more uh bit of a, a nicer way to see Venice which otherwise is just crazy full of people but you can't actually cycle into Venice anyway yes I was actually I was going to ask about that no cycles <laughs> are definitely banned and right <laughs> when you go there these days it's so crowded with people you can Absolutely. see why mm-hmm. but um that was that was a fabulous way and then from Venice then up to uh Slovenia and across Slovenia another Wonderful. you know really okay. beautiful place to cycle and uh then across around Balatan Lake in Hungary to uh, Budapest and from there to Bratislava. 
Wow. Then you you arrive in Bratislava after quite the journey. <laughs> what were your first impressions of the city? Um, well, um, <laughs> actually, I should say I had an accident on the way here, just leaving uh, Budapest. Mm -hmm. I ended up... Uh, in hospital with stitches after crashing the bike on a on a busy road, Ooh. but um, uh, so my first impressions were actually off the hospital in oh, Bratislava, yeah, in Rusinov. <laughs> um, but you know, I I quickly found my way to the old city, and it was very charming and very interesting. The old cobble streets there still lovely, and uh, of course, the rest of the city is is much more modern and so on. Uh, but once you start to find your way around, uh, it, you know, it's a really interesting place. Yeah. And how long have you been in Bratislava now? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay. So you clearly like it. <laughs> yeah. I've sort of ended up settling here. Yes. Oh, wonderful. So. How does cycling in Bratislava compare to other European cities, would you say? Well, I would say Bratislava is really in some ways a cycling heaven because there are so many uh, options for trips. You can go very quickly and easily from the city to the uh, uh, up to the, the small Carpathians, the mm -hmm. Mali Carpathians, up to Bielikrish and these very popular mountain bike destinations. And there's just endless cycle routes there through the forest. Or you can go down the Hradza, as we already mentioned, along the Danube into Hungary or the other way to um, Heinberg in Austria. And uh, up, up to Czech Republic. Uh, I mean, there's many, many routes. But the city itself is, you know, lacking in facilities, really, mm, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's not like, say, in Barcelona, for example, there are cycle routes uh, on their own protected area down the middle of every main street. And the whole city is like that, oh, uh, with yeah, their own traffic good. lights and everything. And mm -hmm. Bratislava doesn't really have much of that yet. But it is improving. I think the new developments going on down around the new bus station will have uh, cycle lanes. And right. I think, you know, mm -hmm. there's just going to be a demand for it. There is a bit of a traffic problem here. And it is a big cycling community here. There are thousands Absolutely. of, you know, yeah. it, so mm -hmm. I think the demand will be there just to improve those facilities and make it better for everybody then. Yeah, okay. Have you had the opportunity to cycle elsewhere in Slovakia and neighboring countries since you love long trips? <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, uh, absolutely. So two summers ago, I cycled across Slovakia. I was really keen to do wow. it because my first year working here, I didn't get much chance to get out of the city. But I cycled uh, up to um, uh, Liptomikolaš mm -hmm. and then to the High Tatras and Wonderful. then to Kosice. Yeah. And uh, ultimately to the east of the country and through Ukraine into Romania. And uh, that was that took about two weeks. Wow. That, two and a half weeks. Ooh, moving fast. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then last summer with my partner, we cycled, uh, we took the train to Germany and we cycled over the Alps to Italy, which was another Wonderful. fabulous trip. So, yeah. Wow, so it was like cycling across the world then the next goal? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. You know, if I'd started this when I was in my 20s, then uh, maybe. Perhaps, Pro probably yeah. would. But uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, there's there's still so many opportunities in uh, in Europe. Um, there are these long-distance uh, Eurovelo routes that crisscross mm -hmm. the continent. And we are sitting right on one, actually, if you go uh, down to... Um, uh, in, into into Hungary, you'll, you'll you can go on the uh, Eurovelo Six, and there are even 
some some signs for that. Uh, but that will go all the way to Romania, to the Black Sea. So maybe that could be a future trip. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who think it sounds like such a cool thing, you know, to go on these really long cycling trips, but are maybe a bit daunted by them. Can you give any advice for somebody who loves cycling, but not necessar- is not necessarily at, you know high performance standards? <laughs> well, I think there's many ways you could do it. I mean, you could start with just, you know, weekend rides and so on. For example, a nice trip from Bratislava is to Chopron in Hungary. Mm-hmm. And most of that can be done on quiet roads or cycle paths. And uh, it's a beautiful city to visit, Chopron. And mm, it's it's quite far, but you could take the train to uh, reduce the, the, the distance stay the night there and then and then come back around the lake uh but um otherwise the you know the danube cycling routes to austria or the other way to mm-hmm. budapest are quite easy to cycle and you can just stay in a hotel or a pension on the way exactly it's really not go. that hard you know just get your your stuff you need to take with you down to a minimum and uh <laughs> have the bike checked in a local bike shop before you leave i mean it's it's totally doable anybody could do it really yeah that's good to hear and is there like um a go-to snack that you you like to have with you while you're you're biking along what fuels you (laughs) uh you know the best thing is you know things like pastries and things like that but um if you can find them bakeries so uh, are all the the main place we sort of head for for Right, yeah, <laughs> to go feed to, up for on, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lastly, you you have had the opportunity to explore Slovakia, of course. Do you have a a favorite destination? Can you choose in Slovakia? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that that I've been to. Well, of course, I mean the Tatras are fantastic, and we we've also been hiking there a couple of uh, once last summer. So I hope to really go back there and uh, explore the mountains much more. Uh, but there is a route you can do. I haven't really plotted it out, but. Uh, I've seen people uh, who have cycled all the way around the Tatras into Poland and then back down. Mm -hmm. Could be done over, I think, uh, three or four days uh, or longer. You could just go slower and take it more easily. That sounds nice. (laughs) I would love to do that. I think that's one of the places. That would be great. Absolutely. Uh, Well, uh, Graeme, you will be posting a blog on our website detailing your very eventful trip throughout Europe and eventually to Bratislava. So listeners, keep out for that. But yeah, in the meantime, thank you so much, Graham, for uh, sharing your journey with us. <laughs> Thanks very much, Anna. If you would like to listen to more Spectacular Slovakia, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and of course at spectator.sk. While you are on spectator.sk, be sure to check out our wide selection of Spectacular Slovakia travel guides. These handy-dandy, pocket-sized guides are great travel companions and will tell you everything you want to know about traveling in this spectacular country. Thanks for lending an ear, listeners. Catch you next week.